Welcome to the Pulse of the Heartland podcast, the podcast where no topic is off limits. Now welcome the boys of the Heartland, Bryant, Ryan, Clark, Joey, and Trent. Amateur Hour, Episode 5. How you doing tonight, buddy? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's just down to the gruesome twosome again. Everyone else. Gruesome twosome. Gruesome twosome. (laughs) 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 Fuck yes. If you you haven't watched us do the gruesome twosome before and you haven't seen Always Sunny, go check it out. Yeah, we are is. the Danny and Charlie of the group. <laughs> what a ringing endorsement that is to be the the Danny DeVito and Charlie of a, of a, of a podcast. Hell yes. I can play either role, so I'll let you even pick which one you want to be. Uh, I, I think you look more like Danny DeVito. With, with the I think it's the glasses that tips you over the edge. So The glasses, the short round figure. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'd say we're going to have to play Nightcrawlers or whatever the hell the game that they play is. <laughs> This is very true. We do have to do that at some point, I guess. Oh, shit. So, well, we appreciate everyone joining us live or listening to us on the podcast. Joe, you want to hit them with the socials quick? Yep. I'm just getting ready to post something on Facebook for us. Uh, but yeah, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Pulse of the Heartland. Same thing with YouTube. If you're watching us live, you've already found us, but go ahead and tell your friends where they can find us too. Um, we're going to have a lot more videos and stuff coming up as the New Year's come in. Happy New Year, everybody. I haven't been able to be on a podcast yet. So uh, we'll get that get baby going. But yeah, look for more videos and stuff on our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter, at Heartland Pulse. And then, as always, our home for all of our blogs and all of our videos and stuff, our partners in crime, the In The Zone media group. You can find us in the zone.studio. Joy, I said do it quick. That took way too long. Hey, man, <laughs> I've been listening to you guys run through it super fast the last few podcasts. I figured I better do it right. This was my right. job to begin with. I don't want to lose it. Well, I, I, I can appreciate it, man. Well, let, let's hop <laughs> to it. And this is what I'm worried about. because All my trivia questions have been football. I don't know if I'm going to be as creative when it comes to college basketball or wrestling, but um, we're, kind, we're kind of getting to the bottom of the barrel here. I feel like with basketball and wrestling, there's got to be more stats because there's more, mm-hmm. more teams and more <laughs> flukiness with the NCAA tournaments, but yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll uh we'll cross that bridge when we get there after next Monday night. Um, and just so everyone knows, and I don't know if you were going to announce this or not, but I'll go ahead and do it. We are going to do another live video on Sunday evening. We'll set the time later in the week, but that will be our uh, championship game preview for the week. We want to do something a little bit earlier, not give you something right at ten minutes before the game started or whatnot. So we figured Sunday night. Um, uh, it may be just us two again, and maybe all of us, but we'll do something real quick for you guys, you know, 10 to 30 minutes and give you our picks and predictions for the big game on Monday. Who would have thought a 15 minute prediction pod 10 minutes before the game didn't do so well? (laughs) Yeah. Weird. Weird. (laughs) So, well, this will kind of get us into the pod here and get to our first subject. But, uh, Mm -hmm. since world war two, Joey, how many Big Ten teams have won eight-plus games while averaging less than 18 points per game? There's got to be one. Well, Iowa. at least one, yeah. But there's more. Has Iowa done it multiple times? No, surprisingly. Uh, wow. All right. Iowa. I Man, I really feel like Wisconsin has to be up there, too. Give me, I'm going to go the total number of four. You were close. David said six. It was five. You you guys were right ah, around it. Nice. The uh, 61 Minnesota Gophers, 63, uh, 63 Fighting Illini, the 67 Hoosiers, the 67 Gophers, and then the 2022 Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. Wow. 45-year difference. Jesus. Yeah, what, what, what a... Uh, 
What a crowd to be with. Wait, wait, no, that's 55 years. I can't even do math right. I didn't want to correct wow. it to, to add to how bad that stat is, but. Oh, Lord, that is atrocious. God, that sucks so bad. But the good thing is you won your bowl game on, on a Saturday. I will shut out Kentucky 21-0. Yep. I know I've been pretty pessimistic most of the year with uh, how bad the offense is and how things just weren't going to go well in this bowl game, knowing with uh, Levis out and then us having to rely on our third-string quarterback and then also a bunch of transfers that already transferred out. But defense, as always, two pick sixes uh, looked a fuck amazing. They were they were real damn good. I'm uh, we'll get this later, but I'm going to miss some of the guys that are leaving for the NFL. But, yeah, kudos to you guys. Uh, thanks for uh, the good memories and everything. And the offense didn't look totally terrible, but I don't think Kentucky's got the best defense in the world either. So um, that could uh, go with it too. No, I, uh, I would say I, I'll be honest. I slept in a little bit on Saturday, and by the time I got up, already 21-0, and I missed everything that was important in that game. So Damn. Yeah, I uh, had audits last Saturday. Audit season's over. Everyone passed. Thank God. I'm so fucking happy. I can get back to regular scheduled programming for the next 10 months and then do it all over again next year. But, uh, yeah, I was up at 5 a.m. doing audit stuff and then got back and started watching the game. And uh, not going to lie, fell asleep mid-third quarter and woke up, and they were celebrating. I was like, oh, cool. Score didn't change. I didn't miss anything. Joey Labas, quarterback of the future. Kate McNamara. Nah. Labas, Labas looked good. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think, I mean, he might be maybe after Cade McNamara, but you don't throw that kind of NIL, NIL money and get that big of a transfer in to uh, let him sit on the bench. Yeah. Who is he? The Jimmy G of college football? <laughs> I mean, he could be. You, you yeah. never know. That's true. So, but. Well, we'll kind of I would say, unless there's anything more on Iowa here, I forgot to throw this up right beforehand, the uh, conference record so far. So no one really has a spectacular, no one's undefeated um, so far, but the most wins right now is the SEC. They have six wins in the bowl season, but they're six and five, uh, roughly 500. The best record right now is the MAC. They're, they're four and two. They have a 66% winning percentage, but that's the highest. Usually there's one conference that kind of goes above and beyond, but mm-hmm. I guess when the Pac-12 doesn't lose every single game, everyone everyone kind of evened out this uh in this postseason. Big 12 yeah. so other than TCU. Yeah. And two of the Big Ten's losses came from uh, the college football playoff, so that kind of sucks. But yeah. yeah, I think the Big Ten was 5-0 and going into the or – Five and zero or five and one going into the college five and one because Illinois lost to Mississippi State and then That's the right. Ohio State and Michigan games. Yep, and then Penn State. Yep. Oh, and Penn State. Yeah, so four and one, I guess, mm-hmm. going into the weekend. which was also, I guess, a hell of a game. I got back last night and just kind of hung out with uh, Rochelle and her daughter, so I didn't really watch much football. But uh, supposedly that was another great game. Yeah, the Penn State one. I I kind of caught the end of it as well, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was a. Uh, it, it, it was it was a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. I wish that there when we get to it. The one thing I'll complain about is Utah looks always looks awesome when they put the rose on their uh, on their uniform. Mm-hmm. I always hate when Penn State they have to be very traditional and they only will play the or they will only have their own uh, uniforms. They don't change anything other than the small patch. There's no Penn State with the with the rose on it or anything. I always mm-hmm. think that looks cool. Yep, them in Alabama, neither one will do anything different than just their original uniforms. So Yeah. Yeah. Right. I agree. I, I'm I like tradition. I don't like a ton of different uniforms and stuff. Um, I do think if you're good at it, fucking go for it. Like look at Oregon, look at Louisville. When they when they go for it, they go for it. Even Maryland, you know, with the Under Armour uh, backing and everything, it, it looks cool. Um, there's some schools that try and do way too much, but yeah, uh, I do wish some schools like Penn State and Alabama would just jump in a little more. Hey, give me like two minutes here. I cannot figure out what the hell's going on if I got music playing in the other room or if my neighbors are playing it that loud, I can hear it from my room. Hold on one second. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll keep it rolling, baby. Uh, we uh, had two big, massive college football playoff games, the TCU versus Michigan and Georgia-Ohio State. Um, if anyone jumped in on the TCU Michigan stuff, uh, that game was 
bonkers from the beginning. Uh, I know did, Brian's thrown up a did graphic. Did you look now. like this? Yes, the entire time. And I was by myself in my hotel room. Um, I know we were going back and forth on the Discord channel and stuff, and uh, it was insane. Every single time you thought one team was just down and out, they just came right back. It was awesome. Uh, I do think, I do want to put this out there, I think the refs were fucking terrible the whole entire game for both sides. I thought the TCU game or the TCU touchdown should account at the beginning. I thought the pass interference that TCU got uh, on McCarthy was bullshit to keep that drive going. Um, and then the targeting penalty at the end uh, was also well, nine penalty at the end. Exactly. Uh, it's just bullshit. I mean, they called that same goddamn play in the Kansas game. So, yep. Yeah. But, no, I, well, I don't know what the hell happened. My Alexa just started playing country music loud enough from the other room. Hmm. Somehow that I, I don't know what was going on, but was it Shania? Um, yeah, not not even Shania. I I would be happy with uh, Shania Twain, but man, um, no. <laughs> I, I mean that that was one of those games where you know what you know me, Joy. I'm a little conservative. I it, like in game, I'll only talk shit once I'm like comfortably we've got this. Mm-hmm. I think at one point we were up by two two and a half scores, and Michigan was just flailing. And I go, oh, that's power Big Twelve, baby. Stop the count, you know. And I I honestly went and went and got some. uh groceries in the middle of the game because so i was like this game's over you, you know whatever mm-hmm. and then i missed the most chaotic third quarter i've ever i you know re-watching the highlights and stuff and man that that was just they finally and we'll talk about the the georgia ohio state we finally got good playoff games and right people will say that well this is why we needed to stick with four because now the transfer portal now there's parity no this is not the transfer portal and parity the, this is this is one coach that that out schemed and out coached another, you, you know, with Sonny Dykes out coaching Jim Harbaugh, but I, I guess I always forget until they lose again, dude. Jim Harbaugh has like one of the worst postseason records, and I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, it. And I don't actually know if it's his. I mean, obviously he has to take blame for part of it at least, but. Uh, mm-hmm. His teams just never – they always they always peak at the Ohio State game, it seems like. Well, the last two years anyway. And then yeah. it's like they forget – and I mentioned this in our group chat. Like, why did they go away from the run so fast? That is their bread and butter. That is their pound them, get them tired type of thing. I know they were down two scores at one point, but still, like, you still got to just pound the ball if that's your identity. It's yeah. weird. If, if you're Michigan – this isn't a you're you're this, right now you've built yourself to the Ohio State, the Georgia, the Alabama, the mm-hmm. LSU level where you don't rebuild, you just reload. I don't care right. if Blake Corum wasn't starting. You have plenty of four and five star players behind that that you shouldn't have any trouble running because you also have an all star line. I mean, right? That that was one thing that I think you, you know what I think the the narrative was flipped. Everyone before this game, Joey, I know you were, and I think I was mm-hmm. kind of leaning towards you as well, is they're going to play Michigan's game. Michigan is yep. going to out-physical them. Even if it does, even if it gets into the second half, they will finally out-physical them, and TCU won't be able to stand it with the 3-3-5. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, and it's kind of funny looking back at these interviews, that defensive player for Michigan going, well, oh, it's TCU there. What conference are they in? Oh, Big 12? Oh, okay, sure, whatever. And then JJ McCarthy making fun of the three three five. You you can't make fun of a defense <laughs> about how are you going to tear them apart and then don't tear them apart and throw right. two pick sixes. I mean right. that 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 is a. Uh, I do think it's kind of funny because like everyone everyone had the Stefan Diggs JJ McCarthy where he's standing there with his helmet behind his back taking in the moment and they go he's going to come back. I go no he's probably standing there thinking that would be me if I didn't fucking throw two pick sixes. I don't think I mean. I, I've never, I guess I never get the notion of I have to watch them celebrate to be pissed. Whenever I lose, I'm pissed to the max anyways. I guess, I don't know. Maybe I'm just the most competitive person out there. I, I don't know, Joey. I don't know either. But, uh, yeah, I I think McCarthy is going to be good. I, I said this again. I keep saying that I said this already. But uh, I did say last week that uh, Michigan was going to, you know, out physical them and that they had tackles for guards and that line was going to take over. I was dead ass wrong. And kudos to TCU. Um, I I should have said that at the very beginning of this segment that uh, TCU deserved to win that fucking game. 
They played their asses off and made Michigan play their game. Um, also, kudos to Michigan. That tells you how good of a fucking team they are. Playing a game that they are not used to playing, don't even think about playing that style, and they almost pulled away with a win. They, so. Yeah, they give 14 points to TCU. You right. know, and and that's where with the referee thing, you know, we we're kind of in the agreement now, Joey. That's kind of loser talk. That that's little brother talk on blaming the referees. And I think it was in the moment. I'm always going to let them have their you know have their excuses. But I think when Michigan fans finally came away with it a couple days later, they're going, "Well, referees didn't throw two picks. As well, referees didn't yep. get you know didn't uh, make us play or, or throw certain calls." Referees didn't make us do the worst Philly special you've ever seen. I, I mean, th- that's so played out that, right. I mean, everyone knows that trick play's coming. So, yep. Yeah. I know you mentioned that to me in the uh, group chat that, you know, that's loser talk. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not openly cheering for either team. I, this is a yeah. genuine observation. Those reps were fucking terrible. Um, like, like I've said, everyone's beaten into me that I, I can't keep complaining about referees as Iowa State fans. So I've, I've gotten away from it. And then when everyone comes comes back, I go, nope, that's loser talk. We've we've discussed this, so it's only loser talk if you use it to make excuses on why you lost. Yeah, true. No, and it's like, okay, well, you lost in the you know the the playoffs. It, no one's gonna get mad at you too bad, but right. Um, the duality of the Big Ten here, Joey. I I found this uh, I found this tweet uh, in today in the Big Ten. Michigan had 527 yards and 45 points in a loss. Iowa had 206 yards and zero third down conversions in a 21 point win. That that is just <laughs> Big Ten to a T right there, dude. Oh my god, yeah, it's uh, is it shows the difference in the West versus East. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. how it is. So, yeah. just the philosophies right there, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So, so we uh. Apologies to anyone watching this live. We didn't change the title. I just fixed that for us. So we're good to go now. Title? I fixed it. Well, I guess we'll find out soon enough of it. Oh, (laughs) shit. This is what happens when both of us are trying to host. My bad. Yeah, no, we should be fine on that. Okay. We'll go go on to the next game. Another, God, that, that was two playoff games determined by seven points. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there was a couple playoff games where it was four scores, you know, in one right. game. So it's been a, it was refreshing to have not only the this game Georgia forty two Ohio State forty one, but a lot of great games this weekend. We'll get we'll mm-hmm. get to a couple of them uh, here in a little bit, but uh, but yeah, man, the, this Georgia Ohio State game, this was mm-hmm. the you know th- this was CJ balling out, M- Marvin Harrison Jr. balling out before he got a. Did they end up calling that a targeting? Uh, I believe they didn't. I believe they left it on the field. Okay, I so, thought so yep. as well. And I think sir, that that's another one where I think we're getting too much into the angles now. And when you slow down every hit in football, everything looks that much worse. That yeah, one, I even think if you, cool. yeah, even if you hit someone with your shoulder, at some point your head's going to make contact with their body. Yeah. I mean, that's just the nature yeah, because of how if you things hit, work. I mean, exactly. It's physics. Let's see. Your shoulder hits my chest. My head is going to move forward due to momentum, and then now head to head. I mean, right? I, I I've really started to hate these. We just need to have a rule, and I I I almost think the rule needs to be you only get like a couple replays of slow motion, and then everything else has to be in in regular speed. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I I think they need to speed it up, and they need to this off season they really need to figure out what is targeting, and they need to have the incidental or or the accidental i think it's incidental mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to say hit five five yards first down or whatever and then the right. 15 yards intentional malicious you know intent and, and then first down ejection type yep. there, there needs to be a discrepancy where this isn't completely affecting every game yep there should be varying degrees just like there is with uh uh is it is it targeting face in mask. the NFL that has face masks? Yeah, face masks that has varying degrees. It, it should be that way for literally every penalty. He only half held five yards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you are literally grabbing them and holding on to them for dear life, yeah, that's a 10-yard hold. If you are glancing by and you just like barely touch them, but it's still holding, yeah, that's that's five-yard hold. 
Yeah, I, I agree. In that, and obviously, so much of that is tough to say see in the moment, but mm-hmm. there needs to be some incidental contact and stuff. But, um, but yeah, back back to the uh, Georgia game here. I mean, both of them. I mean, there's not one player that you could really say had a bad game. I think both of them kind of played perfect games. I know Stetson had an interception, but I mean, when you're passing that many times, just for comparison. Oh my goodness, I didn't know it was this identical. CJ Stroud, 23 of 34, 348 yards, four touchdowns. Stetson Bennett, 23 of 34, 398 yards, three touchdowns and interception. Damn. I I mean, it it was just one of those. Both of them played how they need to. They played their their Heisman level. And I can't remember who I was listening to. They might have been part of my take, but it's just like, you, you know, CJ Stroud played well, but then, you know, Stetson had his legendary moment. You, you know, that's where right. he might potentially be one of the few quarterbacks to ever win two national championships, let alone in a row. You know, mm-hmm. now you can make the Jimmy G, Alex Smith argument. You have the talent around them, so that makes him look good. But Guy did what he needed to in this game, dude. Almost 400 oh. yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, you can't say that he didn't ball out. So, yep. yeah, it's it's crazy. He's going to win two national championships and barely made it to a Heisman finalist. So, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and everyone said he sh- he didn't even belong. So, <laughs> uh, uh, hand up. I, I said it. I said it last week. Yep. I, I will be 100% honest as well. I was starting to really decide. I don't, he's not my favorite either. We were just giving him a no. But I hate the, he did like a, a celebration where he did a mic drop and he did like a duck face or like, you know the one they always show the. Mm-hmm. It's like yep. you're 25, dude. You you can legally run a car. You don't get to talk shit when you have you know when you do have all this talent around you. If, if you've like... done it in this game, yeah, ball, ball out, man. This is, this is playoffs. You you put it up, but it's like right. he's doing that shit when it's like you're beating Missouri. No, right. sorry, man. Yeah, just. Yeah. There, uh, there are like way. eight quarterbacks in the NFL starting that are younger than you. So, yeah. I'd say not all of them are great, but there's still a lot of them that are younger than you. No, and I don't know. Like, we talked about J.J. McCarthy and stuff and, you know, talking shit about the 335. And I I know Joe Burrow brought in the Joe Coolness to college football. And I'm pretty sure even you thought he was cool when he was at LSU smoking the cigars and stuff. Um, But Mm. fucking everyone's trying to do that now. Like, get your own thing. And, like, and guess what? I understand. And and that's... (laughs) It's two things. One, yeah, when he was at LSU, I thought he was he was cool. And then when he was a Bengal, go, he can go fuck himself. But exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm a bitter Chiefs fan. Oh, and three exactly. the fucker. So, um, <laughs> but in a uh, fuck what was I gonna say? But yeah, now like he doesn't own cigar smoking after a big win. That's just kind of sports in general. How many mm-hmm. people you know in, in the in the early days? But he kind of did bring it back. How often before Joe that you can remember? That was like, oh yeah, I remember when he smoked a cigar. It, it's basically Alabama, Tennessee in the third week in October, I think is the name of the rivalry. And yep. that's it. We, everyone remembers the the stadium when you saw cigar smoke floating floating above it. That's the only other time when you can think can think of cigars. Otherwise, he's the one that does it. I think Spencer Rattler tried to smoke a cigar after a game once when they I think when they beat Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know, and it just yeah, everyone's trying to be the the yeah the next Joe Cool and it's like your name's Stetson Bennett the fourth sit this right. one out you, you just yeah. embrace who you are just just be done with it he has to be in a fraternity right like I'm, he's got I'm that, on this that right. type of face dude yeah and this is coming from a guy that was in a fraternity yeah so so you yeah so you can uh you can talk shit about it yep oh yeah he is oh nope he's just a major in economics okay. Uh, that's kind of nerdy. Yeah, you don't you don't get a you don't get to talk shit, you know, drop and then talk about the the price floor and a price ceiling and and fucking the equilibrium of supply and demand. You, you know, get out of here, you fucking dweeb. Yep. <laughs> oh wait 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 wait. He's the he's in Sigma Nu. He's in the Moo chapter of Sigma Nu. Yeah, I Sigma knew it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first reported here. This is just a article that came up so that could be a lie too but yeah whatever. probably months ago that we that were, <laughs> right you heard it here first folks <laughs> so, yeah i mean I, again another great one it was uh mm-hmm. i'm surprised no one came out with the title ruggle struggles with the uh kicker that that missed that uh, long field goal yeah. i have been loving 
all of these TikToks because these spoiled Ohio State fans, Ryan Day included, born on third, thinks he hit a triple. I have loved every single TikTok. 10, 9, we're going to go into the new year with the win because you just win all the time. And then you fucking shit the bed and you miss a kick. like And, and, and you're going, yeah, you're bitter. Yeah, I am because my team does this all the time. It's the first time you can think of an Ohio State game where it's come down to a kicker, let alone their kicker misses the kick. It's like, just have an ounce of reality. This is what everyone deals with. Iowa's had this happen to them. Iowa State's had it happen to them plenty. The Falcons, the Chiefs, everyone, except for Ohio State, it never misses those kicks. So it was good seeing some Ohio State fans that got, oh, we, we didn't win? Oh, we snuck into the playoffs and didn't win with this field goal? It felt uh, It felt good. I am so glad that both games were so good because mm-hmm. – Yes, you could say they snuck into the playoffs, but mm-hmm. they deserve to be there. Look at the game they played against Georgia. I mean, they yeah. definitely deserve to be in there. They put up a good loss. Yeah, exactly. Had a I'm chance just, to win at the end. I'm just saying the only time they won a national championship was another spot that they stole from TCU. So it feels mm-hmm. good for TCU to go in the national championship and for Ohio State to be sitting home again. Right. Yeah, so. I like it. But anyways, going on to the next game, Georgia – Starts off as a 13.5-point favorite versus TCU. Over under 64.5 points. It is next Monday at 6.30 on ESPN. What do you think on this line, Joey? Man, that's... For the way TCU played Michigan, that's a big line. And the way... As close as the Georgia-Ohio State game, man, that's a... Yeah, that's a that's a big-ass line. I bet that's got to get closer before game time. The over-under, yeah. that's only 32 points per, per team. I... We saw what they can do in these other two games. So, um, Georgia's, I mean, we'll break this down more. Georgia's defense is really, really fucking good. So, uh, I could see, yeah. I could see that over under basically. But yeah, that 13 and a half, that's, that's going to be I, right now. I'm, I'm feeling very confident in TCU plus 13 and a half. They, right. They've come back in every game. I'm not saying TCU wins this one, but after seeing what they do with a physical line like Michigan, which again, is this, Michigan dwindling in the playoffs due to Harbaugh again, which how does it happen between the regular season, such a strong line, and then they piss it down their leg again. But TCU plus 13 and a half is feels like free money. Yeah. And so someone else brought this up. Uh, I can't remember which game it is. And I'm glad you said something about, you know, the difference between regular season and playoff. Yeah. So if for anyone that hasn't read it yet in the article that I have on in the zone, I, break down why there should be less bowl games and how it should go to eight, eight team, eight win teams instead of six teams, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and there end up being like 22 bowl games overall. Well, if you play that first round of the 12 team playoff, when it comes out, then you could do that after two weeks and then do the next ones and the next ones. And so I think the larger our playoffs get, the less time in between is going to be, you know, you're not going to have that month, month and a half layoff almost sometimes. So I'm looking forward to see how that plays out in the future because who knows, maybe it was just complacency during practices. I know Kirk has struggled, struggled at times getting teams prepped and ready for bowl games and stuff like that. It's a different animal. So uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see if when they move the games closer because they're going to have to, to fit in that schedule, if it, uh, if it affects how teams keep the momentum. And to be honest, with, with just speaking with the teams that get a little complacent, that's what it felt like. And I and I was like, surely this isn't just a kind of like butthurt Big Twelve fan that we finally sneak in and then we're getting disrespected. With with honestly, Michigan is the only team that I heard in the playoffs in Georgia, Ohio State. I never heard in any smack talk, but hearing multiple Michigan people, you think with Jim Harbaugh as your coach and him as disciplined as he has them, going about you know going. What, what conference are they in? Acting like they don't know who your opponent is. And then the three three five comment, and then you lose. That makes you look like an, a, a fucking idiot, to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. it, it shows kind of the lack of discipline that you have that you're going to just fake acknowledge that you or not acknowledge that you know what your opponent's conferences and everything else. Hey, I get it. You're, you're big, bad Michigan and you're TCU. But, I mean, TCU has won national championships in the past. If TCU wins a national championship next week, they have tied Michigan for the total number of national championships. So maybe hmm. get the disrespect out of your mouth and actually do something in the playoffs. 
or in the postseason in general before you start talking like, I don't know what conference you're in. I just, I don't know. That that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not even a TCU fan. It's just like you're in the highest point of your or highest point of your season, and you you can't recognize a team that has only lost one game by three points in overtime. I mean, sure, you see the result. I don't know. I would think in the playoffs going forward, people will respect their opponents, but. Well, yeah, and then there's not only that, but it's it's not like TCU hasn't proven themselves this year. I mean, their only yeah. loss is a last-minute, you know, field goal to Kansas State, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they haven't played their entire schedule, won every single game in a very, very good conference. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I – I've said it multiple times to people that I think Michigan has the second worst fans in the in the world behind Nebraska. There's a huge gap there, but yeah, I I haven't met a lot of very pleasant Michigan fans. Just look at Dave Portnoy, douchebag. <laughs> he's he's every single one of them. Just every every single one's got the Portnoy side. No, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, I hate I don't... stereotyping, but yeah, yep, it's Portnoy. I don't know too many Michigan fans, thankfully. So I, I, yeah. I don't know. The, the few that I do are, are all right. They're reasonable, not that level of delusion. Right. So. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm just nitpicking here, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where the disrespect for TCU came from, and I didn't realize it was their coach's first year. I know we've done this podcast all freaking season, yeah. but uh, I didn't realize it was his first year. That's even fucking cooler. Like it's just yeah. a great story with TCU. No, it, it definitely is. So, you know, if they lose, it's like, no offense. No one thought you were going to be there this year. If they win, best story of, of the college oh, yeah. season. Yep, and we got Max Duggan, Iowa native. Yes, sir. In in uh, Give me a second here because I have a stat that is a- absolutely bonkers. Speaking of Max Duggan, Iowa native. Mm-hmm. Yep. So That's... Michigan Michigan has been playing football for 133 years. They've only played a bowl game in Arizona twice. Both times they have lost to a quarterback from Council Bluffs, Iowa, who played for Jim Duggan in war number 15. One was in 2013 when they lost to Jake Waters in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl versus Kansas State. And then the other was this Saturday when they uh, lost to Max and TCU. Wow. How very specific. Wow. I wish I would have known that beforehand. That would have... I wonder if anyone knew that and it swayed their bets. That's crazy. I'll be honest. I read something like that if they go in the third, you know, if they would have said it could be the second time when Mac, I would have put an irresponsible amount of money just because that's that's just how those stats read. It's just very specific down the line. Yeah, two and zero now. It's like Iowa State two and zero versus Hall of Famers in their debut. Zero and three versus everyone else. You know. Yep. So if anyone isn't from Iowa and listening to this or doesn't know, Council Bluffs is only a town of 62,000 people. I mean, it's not a massive metropolis. Yes, it's right next to Omaha, but still, um, that's not a lot of big time quarterbacks coming out of there. So, and that is coached by Max's dad. That's even funnier. Shit. That's like winning the Mega Millions. (laughs) Speaking of, is that still going? Oh God, I, I I don't I don't look at that until it gets a billion. Not worth my time if it's only two hundred and thirty million dollars, you know. Well, last I knew it was up to seven hundred eighty-five million. Uh, Shit, I'm wins. gonna have to. Oh, it's have to tonight. Oh, fuck. fuck! The drawing just happened five minutes ago. Well, I guess we're not gonna be millionaires, Joey. We're gonna have to keep building this podcast up. Man, you know how huge this podcast would be. I'd get a Super Bowl passes. Hell yeah, <laughs> there we go. I'd be buying some interviews, that's for damn sure. But exactly. Well, we had some other uh, good games going into the weekend. Orange Bowl, uh, you called it. Tennessee just beat the shit out of Clemson 31 17. That uh, Joe Milton looked pretty good. Um, yeah, I would say, I think just giving them a month to prepare. We know Clemson wasn't the, they weren't the Clemson of old with Trevor Lawrence and a quarterback to take it away. I thought that Club Nick would. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, but. You know, again, freshman in his, I believe it was his first start, struggled a bit. Tennessee, a little, if I were them, I would feel disrespected. You have a slight rough end of the year, and everyone just writes you off like that. So, good on them in the clash of the, or- the two orangest teams playing in the Orange Bowl. It was kind, yep. of a, kind of cool. 
Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. They were doing all the pregame stuff and talking about the different shades, and then they brought in the oranges and stuff like that. It was, it was a pretty cool game. Uh, I did watch most of that game, actually. And uh, just like with McCarthy, I think that Club Nick is going to be good. Tennessee, I mean, there was a reason they were ranked, you know, one and one or two, depending on which poll you were looking at for a while there. They, uh, yeah. They're really fucking good. Joe Milton was the starter at the beginning of the season. So he's no slouch. He just wasn't Hayden Hooker or Hendon Hooker. Sorry. Um, yeah. But yeah, give me. Uh, a Tennessee team over Clemson all the time, and I'm just not a big, huge Dabo fan to begin with. He's it seems to be it makes everything about himself or something else instead of the players. So what I don't did really like Dabo. what did you think when you heard Dabo's comments about he's always built his program on NIL? I what did he say? Sorry, he talked about how he's always built his uh, his uh, program on NIL. He's built everything he in, in well. I mean, everyone thinks NIL and the money portion, but he's mm-hmm. built that program on God's name, image, and likeness. In case anyone is listening, Joey rolled his heads all our eyes all the way to the back of his head. I pulled a fucking <laughs> Undertaker. In. <laughs> God damn it! No. Yeah, I mean that just feeds into exactly what the fuck I was talking about. I'm surprised he didn't do some NIL NIV new international version Bible, some bullshit that he normally does. I'm surprised he hasn't asked him to change the name to the Clemson Swinnies, you know? That, <laughs> yeah. Everything yeah. is about him. Like, it used to be they'd run as a team down once they touch Howard's Rock, and now yeah. it's just him running, like, 20 yards in front of everyone. And I get he's going to say it so he's out there and he's high-fiving everyone, but it's like, so why, do you, why aren't you just down there and then the team runs to you? It's very very dabbo i don't know yeah hey at least he's not yelling at people for lightly touching him on the chest to hold yeah. on a second one one comment i will be positive with jim harbaugh someone goes hey you can't go out there he goes oh okay you know like a yeah. normal person not right. screaming uh not screaming uh quote get out of my fucking face you motherfucker like sark is fucking yep. booze bag get, get fell off the wagon <laughs> again god i hate sark so much and that that little snippet is, you know, and this is not even just college football. That's just life. Everyone knows that w- what your character is, is when no one's watching. Except you got to realize there's cameras all over you. And and I know some people think it's like, well, he's just hyped for the game and he's hyping his players up. If I saw my coach or some leader that was screaming in someone that isn't making enough to deal with that, is screaming in their face because they're doing their job, I would go what an asshole. Like I wouldn't be like motivated by that. I would be looking like, what the hell's wrong with you? Well, yeah, it sounds to me like there's uh, some major anger issues down there in Austin. Do they not have a psych, you know, division of their college and stuff that they can send these coaches to and get evaluated? They, and shit? They, they better start getting some, some therapists out there because between right. booze bag and, and wife beater and, and uh, that softball coach that he got ejected and uh, just started flipping off the crowd. I mean, that's what you expect at Austin. That's the type of character you have. I, I have been watching a lot of Eastbound and Down, so the softball coach getting kicked out and flipping the crowd off. That mm. that's some Kenny Powers shit right there. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Except you're not as cool as Kenny Powers. You're just some dipshit that flips off a crowd because you can't control your emotions. Horns down, baby. Horns, horns down. <laughs> horns fucking all the way down. Get to the SEC and quit dragging down the Big 12's record. Jesus. There's that too. <laughs> um sugar bowl alabama 45 kansas state 20 i would like to stick up for the wildcats but i mean i think we all expected this once bama was like we're going to prove something and we're going to be full strength i was like i wish they would have had some opt-outs to give kansas state a chance here yep and i mean i love saban pushing the uh you know no they didn't opt out they stayed here and made a commitment to their team you know feeding all the way into that uh that Old old adage of just loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Pay me more. Don't pay the players. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I. Whatever. Nick Saban. Yeah. He, he's not my generation, so uh, we aren't going to see eye to eye on a whole lot of things. But he's the greatest coach of all time, so I'm not going to shoot Great, shit on greatest him too coach. Much. And and get and get honestly, we make fun of him because it's one of the few times this year where he's crying to try and get into the playoffs mm-hmm. and making comments after the game saying, "Well, we should have been in the playoffs." You know, blah blah quality of team it's like well the team that you think you should have snuck in over you know first off uh did they play georgia didn't they, or did nope. they uh yeah so they didn't beat 
It's like you lost to LSU, who got destroyed by Georgia. You you lost to Tennessee, who got destroyed by Georgia. So we already know by tra- if you're going to use this transitive power that you beat a team that beat a team, two teams in the playoff, you know, it just I, – I hate it. It's one of the little whiny things, like, sorry – for the second time in the nine-year history, you didn't make the playoffs. Just right. go fuck yourself, man. But anyway, yeah. Bama full strength, no shit. They beat Kansas by twenty-five points. Um, still, a solid season by Kansas State. Uh, you know, oh, early yeah. in the year we talked about they had to have a perfect season, everything to go right. And you know, they started with Adrian Martinez. They found their quarterback of the of the future and Will Howard. Um, their defense played spectacularly. Um, you, you know they. They played the way they needed to to get to the Sugar Bowl. It wasn't the greatest taste at the end of the season, but your star player, Deuce Vaughn, didn't get injured while he was trying to play in that game for you. I mean, nothing. I mean, you can hang your hat on this season. Oh God, yeah. I mean, your Big Twelve champs. Um, yeah. You know, you took down TCU, who could eventually be, you know, the national champion here next week. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good season for any team. Would love to have that season, and for Kansas State especially. I mean. I doubt they were picked to, you know, be, uh, you know, the Big 12 champs or anything. So, yeah. yeah, good on them. Yeah, I don't know. I guess when Iowa State goes to New York Six Bulls, we just beat them, though. We we win our New York Six games. So, mm. How many you been to? Hey, 1-0, baby. <laughs> that, that's a 100% win percentage. I don't know. I don't know if you know, Joey. That's very good. That's, that's what I've been told. It's always good to win your games. Also, my sophomore year of uh, JV baseball, I batted a thousand because I went one for one. But I get to say I batted a thousand the rest of my life. So, on a hey, broken leg, but exactly, who, who's counting? I mean, technically, I'm undefeated as a wrestling coach. So there's that. And there we go. Exactly. You're 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 coaching a thousand over there, Joey. So exactly. good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we'll talk about Cotton Bowl first because I didn't really watch this game too much and we'll end with the Rose Bowl here but uh Tulane upsetting USC 46-45 in a crazy event where I think they're down was it 15 in the last uh, like that. 4 minutes get a touchdown they get a they get a uh they get a safety then they get uh that uh kick returner uh fumbled it and kicked it out of the one I mean it was a or I'm sorry that's what led to the safety but just a crazy amount of activity and a million years, you could have get you could have said what uh, group of five schools going to win a, 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 a New York Six Bowl, and you know we'd have all said Cincinnati, you know USC or uh, UCF, Houston. We would have guessed the ones going to the Big Twelve, and shit, man, Tulane had a hell of a year. And uh, and my one big comment on this game, a couple things. One, Oklahoma fans are so happy about USC losing. It's kind of a little cringe. I'm going to let him have their moment, but it's like, dude, he left. And you're kind of mad because you went six and seven this year with your coach that was supposed to replace him and do well. And then Mm -hmm. Lincoln's in a New York six bowl. But tell me if you've heard this before, Joey, he gets a big lead in a, in a huge game and then pisses it down his leg. Yeah. He has the best uh, quarterback in the nation wins the Heisman and they still lose in the bowl season. So yeah, that's the other thing. Quit yep. having the Heisman for, before bowl season and quit voting early because we're starting to see more and more of this Caleb Williams that he can try and do the media excuse early in the year when he retweeted a a uh, video of Max Duggan going LOL and then trying to backtrack saying, well, this is actually me showing the contrast to how when I cried out there, you know, how the media treated me. And it's, and it's like, well, because you put on your fingertips, fuck Utah, and then you lost to him for a second time. And then right. you're crying for a second time, and then you don't want to take accountability. And the same thing in this in this game, it didn't really get a lot of uh, attention in the media, but he had a spot set up because, like every big game, dude, they interviewed the quarterback. I mean, every time Iowa won or lost, Spencer Petrus is always out there, which I always respected. Brian Ferentz never would coward, but yeah. you always have the quarterback out there. You always have the couple big playmakers, and. Caleb Williams' name was on there. He was he was set to do post game interviews, and then they pulled his name last second, and he didn't interview after a loss. It's like you should have to give up your Heisman if you're going to be such a fucking crybaby pee pants, and you can't take accountability. And it, you can always interview, and you're all smiles after a game when you win. And hey, all attention on me for 450 yards, five touchdowns. I'm the greatest. But then when you lose a game, you should be, have that same mentality of, of talking to the media and being. Hey, we lost this one. We played hard. We, you know, we're we're gonna get back out there. Tough offseason. 
you can give canned answers, and that's not going to get as much publicity as you just completely disregarding the media. I, I will always – we had a big argument a couple months ago on the pod about athletes and being available for media mm-hmm. afterwards and the whole mental health thing. You, you can't have it both ways. You either have to be never available for the media, right. and you can't gloat when you win, but you cannot – yeah, all smiles happy when we win, and then when you lose, you 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 cower. No, that's bullshit. That's not what a Heisman winner does. A Heisman winner's out there all the time. That that's where honestly Max Duggan deserves it. The the last half of the season where he's putting everything on the line, crying, he's addressing media, he's doing you know the interviews, you know about the good and the bad. You you see the emotion he has and the class that he has. Caleb Williams is classless. I guess that that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, I can see that take for sure. Um, it, it definitely came off as, like you said, crybaby pee pants or just, you know, super image back next year. He's only a sophomore and shit, he's only, what, 20 years old. So hopefully he can grow out of that and mature into a more well-rounded individual and realizes what he's saying is going to be seen by a lot of other people and they are going to make criticisms and other things about him. So it's... Uh, there aren't any other issues other than, yeah, you said, fuck Utah, on your fingernails. Like, come on, man. But for the game itself, uh, everyone knows that I was, you know, a, a UCLA dick rider this year. I thought they were a better team coming out of Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. I was disappointed to see them lose to USC. But from the very beginning of the year, when USC, I think they played Utah like the third or fourth week of the season, I was like, man, USC's kind of soft. And then they showed it again in Utah. And then they yep. can't close out this game against Tulane. Like, I I just I, – I would not have bet on Tulane to win that game, but I would have definitely bet on them to keep it close. And actually, I should have. But, uh, yeah, I, I really, really just don't think – and you can bring this back all the way to when Lincoln Riley was in Oklahoma. No, you can't ever really say that his teams were, you know, they're – they're going to stand up well with the smash mouth football or the, the different type of teams that are going to come at you. And, you know, when they come down to tight games and stuff, they don't always win. So they're never a lock to win these games. So I, uh, yeah, I just think that there's something going on with Lincoln Riley's, the way he gets his team ready and stuff. And shit, we could say that about everyone again, you know, because it's bowl season. So there's that. If, uh, Max Duggan or CJ Stroud or Stetson Bennett won the Heisman. Would uh, Caleb Williams have just walked out of the ceremony since he can't handle defeat? I don't know. I haven't seen you this worked up in a minute. (laughs) I'm say I just I just absolutely hate. He can take all the praise in the world. Hey, me, me, me. I'm the reason we won. I mean, Mm -hmm. he should has nothing to be upset about. 462 yards, five touchdowns, an interception. I, I mean, like. Why are you hiding? I, I just will never get that for the life of me, man. Right. Yeah, I don't either. And it, even if you did have to sit in front of the media and be like, they ask you, you know, why you guys lost and stuff, it's not on you. Like yeah. like you said, you read his stats. Like, he had an amazing fucking game. So it's not on him that they lost. But, yeah, if he can't, I don't know, he's obviously not mature enough to handle the media. And yeah, that, that's fine. Then don't get in there, like you said. Don't get in there when things are all roses for you. Yep. Wow, what a great transition like your professional, Joey. Speaking of roses, the Rose Bowl. (laughs) Hell yes. (laughs) Penn State 35, Utah 21. Sean Clifford going out the right way, which is pretty cool. Um, I I would say, honestly, by by the time I was watching it, Penn State had already dominated Utah. Cam Rising sucks. Second Rose Bowl in a year or in in two years back-to-back where he's gotten injured in the game. It was his mm-hmm. left knee again, but uh, what are your thoughts on Penn State this year? Uh, I Penn State is definitely a top 10 team. I mean, they've only lost to Ohio State and Michigan. Both were in the college football playoff. They're a very, very good fucking team. James Franklin always has sound teams, and they're always willing to punch you in the mouth, and that that's how they keep it close when they're playing in that East. Um, but they never have – they haven't had the big stars to carry them over like Notre – or like Michigan and – Ohio State and stuff so far. So we'll see what happens with them next year. I was very impressed for them. I really, really like this Utah team. I did not think it was going to be a 14-point win. Um, I really, really thought Utah would play them a lot closer. And 
I may have even picked Utah last week. I'd have to go and look. But uh, I do like the way this Utah team plays. I hope that they have a lot of people coming back next year. I have not, you know, uh, hand up. I have not paid attention to their transfers or their recruiting or anything. They're, you know, neither here nor there. But I will watch them next year in the Pac-12 after dark. So, yeah, give me uh, give me the Utes all day, baby. Shout Dave out to Jamal said, Anderson and the Dirty Bird. Dave said same thing. I got to quit believing Utah. I said they would win by 10. I mean, like you said, you just get some weird feelings about some teams. It's like none of us are Utah fans or Pac-12 fans in general, and we're just going, yeah, Utah. They, they're It's that Whittingham. It's got to be something to, to that extent, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So – um, but yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll break down the last football game of the year on Sunday here. And we'll, as we kind of transition into a little, uh, basketball here. So uh, yep. a couple stories here, Joey, I know I was been on a bit of a skid here. They're eight and six right now. Last place in the, uh, big 10 here, uh, Oh, and three to start big 10 play, which Nebraska ball was a, a shocking loss. Uh, who was there? Who are, uh, I believe they lost to Penn state, right? Yep. Yeah, at one point they were down by almost 20 last night and ended up only losing by four with a chance to go ahead and they just Perkins just missed the shot. So there's that. So I I mean I'm just a little shocked. And and, and again, there, there's been a couple injuries that have gone on, but you know, oh that that's why it, it didn't happen recently. But you know, when you guys lost to uh at TCU, which is a good loss right now. I mean, TCU's stellar on in basketball at Duke. Beating Iowa State, I was going, this Iowa team, this might legit be, you know, a different story. And then 0-3 with losses to Wisconsin and at the road at Nebraska and Penn State. Mm -hmm. 0-3 to start. You got number 15 Indiana on Thursday here. Um, And then you losses on the court in the actual game, but you lost Patrick McCaffrey for a few games. He's uh, Mm -hmm. sitting out due to uh, anxiety. That, That got released a couple hours before we started recording here. Yeah, I saw that too. And uh, I mean, he is a Division One athlete. There's a lot of shit that gets put on their plate. And yep. for any of you fucking idiots that are going to come out, well, he's the coach's son. He gets special privileges. That has never been the case with Fran McCaffrey. He is almost, he's went out of his way to let it be known that his sons get no special treatment. So, and you can ask the uh, other players on the team. So I'm sure this weighs on him a lot for a lot of different reasons. Um, good mm-hmm. for him for realizing what's going on and taking the time and you know being able to come to the plate and say yeah i'm having issues and i need to you know step away for a little bit hopefully he comes back better than ever gets his head clear and you know things start falling in line for him yeah i mean this isn't like he's playing and he's averaging two points two rebounds but he's the coach's son it's like he's averaging just 13 points a game he's Mm -hmm. a solid contributor to it you know and and probably a lot of his anxiety is because he's probably feeling with the you know, Chris Murray or with the slow start, maybe he's starting to feel like this is on me because, yep. you know, I, I've i been training for this moment. So, again, mm-hmm. hopefully – hope the best for him, man. Hopefully it is only that – you know, he mentions two, four games indefinite. Hopefully it is only a couple game uh, d- down for him. He can get back to it. But I'd say it's going to be an uphill uh, battle for Iowa, dude. I'd say I know Chris Murray can score all the points in the world, but – if you don't have any of that defense to stop, you know, anyone in the Big Ten, it doesn't matter how, you know, if they're a, a typically lower scoring. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm speaking out of my ass with Nebraska and Penn State. I haven't watched any of their basketball games, but I just know in the game where they played Iowa State, if you could play that game every time where you're you're getting some solid stops on defense and you don't have to go fucking ham like you did in that game where you couldn't miss a shot. But, I right. mean, th- that is a little worrisome that it started off this slow and – and the personnel issues, I guess, leading into it with injury in this now. Yeah, I mean, they're still putting up good points. I mean, their lowest output of the season, it looks like, well, never mind, 50 at Nebraska. But then the yeah. next game, they bounce back, and they put up 79 against Penn State. I mean, it looks like the offense is there, but you're, you're right. Uh, it doesn't feel like they have a true big in the middle. I know Rebraca is putting up most of the points and stuff. And as you mentioned, I, I haven't watched a lot of Big Ten basketball yet. Obviously, football has dominated most of my attention and then work on top of it. So looking forward to jumping into the rest of the season. But as always, with every Fran team, even if they are, you know, a dumpster fire and the worst team that you can even watch, they somehow still play close with these top 15 opponents. So don't sleep on them um, on, let's see, on 1-5, so Thursday night. 
Um, don't be surprised if they come away with a win at Indiana. Uh, so or yeah. at home versus Indiana. So there's a, uh, you know, there's magic at Carver with all those uh, blue hairs that'll show up. Watch them. I'm gonna trust you on that one, bud. <laughs> no, and that's why it's just knowing uh, Fran's background and his history. He he does a very good job of getting his team ready for games. So we'll go yeah. from there. We're good. Well, we'll jump to Iowa State here. Uh, Iowa State right now ten and two, tied for first in the Big Twelve because they haven't played any games just yet. They are one and zero in the conference with a good win versus Baylor. Now they hit ten threes in the game, so I mean you're going to win a lot of those games, especially with the defense that Iowa State puts out there. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean they they finally it seems with uh, uh, Lipsy that they've uh, got. I mean they seem to have kind of solved a little bit of their offensive woes now um jazz Koontz is is out for a bit with a broken thumb so that's a bit concerning we we were okay this last week versus baylor but now we got two tough road games we got to play at oklahoma tomorrow night on wednesday or tonight if you're listening to the pod and then they got to play fifth number 15 tcu on the seventh on saturday mm-hmm. i mean those are going to be two tough games both of them i mean they're <laughs> did you i don't know if you keep up with ken palm and all joey but mm, right now not yet for the strength of schedule that's left in the season, all 10 Big 12 teams are at the top 10. They're just in different orders because that's how tough the Big 12 is right now. So, um, I, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if we go 0-2 here in these next two games. You know, because it, it, Iowa State is really the jackal and hide of which offense is going to show up. And typically the defense is there, but there have been a couple. The Iowa game, for example, where the defense just completely – you know, they didn't show up early enough in the game, and we're not an offensive powerhouse like Iowa where you can get three threes in a row and you're right back in the game. It takes us, you know, seven, ten minutes to get to build, you know, to build back from that type of a drought. Oh, yeah. And I mean, uh, there's been Iowa teams before where they'll go 15 minutes in between field goals. So, yeah, I get that. I mean, Iowa just did it a few games ago against Nebraska. They had well, that, that's three points in the first 25. That's what happened versus Baylor, too. So we got a little lucky. They went uh, – Baylor's very good offensively, and they went eight mm-hmm. minutes without scoring. So I, And Iowa State did that in the Iowa game earlier. Sharon, I've seen that mm-hmm. in years past where just minutes and, – and those are such dragging on because you have media timeouts. You got everything up. And you're like, I haven't seen a score in 45 real-life minutes going on. Right. What the fuck is going on? So right. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident with them. Um, I'd say, ironically – you know, we, we've got a couple players like Lipsy that's coming back here um, because Tyrese Hunter transferred out. So, I mean, I think I think the best way I heard it said is Tyrese Hunter has a higher ceiling, but Iowa State basketball might be better because we've had to recruit and get people around to replace said great player, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the season here, man. I know Big 12 is going to be tough if we go – if we get eight wins in Big 12 or go 500, I'm 100% fine with it, you know? Right. Big 12, we we know the two losses isn't going to last forever unless you're freaking Kansas with all the talent in the world. But um, we go 500 in Big 12 play, I'm 100% fine with it. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, get in the top half of the second best conference in the nation, you should make the tournament just fine. <laughs> I'm going to let you have that one so we can wrap it up under an hour here, Joey. So, um, <laughs> Thank you. Say, unless you got anything, I mean, I let, I uh, I think we just hit him with the socials and we uh, when we get out of here, man. I, I do have one thing. If you uh, are a wrestling fan and, you know, the over the Christmas tournaments just got done, there are some yeah. new rankings out for the Southern Scuffle and the Soldier Salute and the Midlands. They were all this last couple of weeks. Um, go ahead and check out the new rankings and stuff, and we will get – you some information on when our next combat sports podcast is we got to get some uh, scheduling done with that but we'll cover more things that way but if you really want to get your blood flowing check out the ending of the spencer lee drake aiella match where he stares him down man that shit that shit will get you going and for those of you that are wondering oh why was there so much you know shit being pushed onto me or how am i i'm trying to phrase it without giving it away why was there so much heat between the two? It's mm-hmm. because uh, Drake Iola decided, I don't want a double forfeit. I want to wrestle this match. And Spencer Lee just, yeah, 
took it to him. I mean, everyone knows that he pinned him already, but check out that that yeah. ending. That'll get you going for wrestling season, baby. I'm going to make a bold prediction that uh, in the rankings, Penn State's one and Iowa's two. Yeah. Yes, that, that is true. That is very true. Um, but you yeah, have check... to find out who's three and beyond. Yep. There's that. And then, yeah, check out the individual rankings. There were some upsets I heard of the scuffle. But, uh, yeah, there is other things I want to touch on on our first combat sports podcast. But, yeah, like Brian said, get us out of here in under an hour. Check us out. Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, <laughs> at Heartland Pulse. Uh, find us on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Pulse of the Heartland and In the Zone Media, in the zone dot studio. There, you can find all the shit there. 59 minutes, 45 seconds. Damn, we're good here. So Fuck yes. Now I'm just going to hum to you for the last nine seconds. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. We're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Listening, and we'll uh, catch you next week. Bye. <laughs>